Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good afternoon, listeners. You're tuned into Queenie on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your AM dial, or streaming live at 3cr.org.au, or streaming on digital radio. I'm Iris, and I'm joined in the studio with Lisbeth and Regan. How are we? Hi. Hello. Yeah, great. Um, And today we're going to be covering International Women's Day and things related to that broad area. But first I'll give an acknowledgement of country. This land that 3CR broadcasts over is the land of the Kulin Nations. It's the land of the Brunerong and Wurundjeri peoples. This land was stolen. Indigenous sovereignty was never ceded. The land of so-called Australia is a settler colonial state. I'd like to pay my respect to elders, past and present, and to any Indigenous listeners, and any and extend respects to sister boys and brother, sister girls and brother boys. Okay, so first up for you, we've got a recording that we did on International Women's Day. Women's Day. Yeah, Iris and I spent some time um, running around with a portable recorder. Um, If you didn't catch it, uh, the speeches um, that were part of the International Women's Day March uh, were broadcast live on 3CR. You can um, go back to 3cr.org.au and find those. Um, These are um, more voices from the ground. So I hope you enjoy. Jane Green is speaking, and you can hear in the background the choir of about 50 or so people wearing pink pussy hats and holding signs that say, I can't keep quiet. There's a number of signs that I can see from this point. Anything you can do, I can do bleeding. The singing continues as Jane goes off the stage. To be on stage speaking and to be able to see very prominent anti-sex work um, and anti-trans signs was very disappointing. But um, it's a sign of how much work we have yet to do yeah. in educating um, people and pushing back for argument rights. Has this happened in past years? Um, I haven't spoken at this march in past okay. years, but I'm, I've certainly been heckled at other events. Um, I've been heckled when I've spoken at Reclaim the Night. Um, and I was openly and um, heckled, as were other sex workers, uh, speaking at Amnesty International when they were debating um, their position on sex work and they came out in favour of the full decriminalisation of sex work. That's probably the most intense um, uh, heckling abuse I've ever experienced in a public space. Yeah. Uh, Looks like the march is... Moving forward now, there's a whole lot of purple CFMEU flags that look like the most prominent symbol, but the Greens contingent, uh, the March for Women. I will say the organisers have put out a strong statement in support of sex workers and in support of trans people, so I, I have to give them kudos for being very clear in their position um, and being very supportive of me as a speaker. Uh, it's just unfortunate that um, people that are obvious bigots have showed up on the day. I, I did see the statement. It did seem very um, unequivocal. 
which is great. Um, and also a lot of activity going on um, on on Facebook, um, revealing the identity of a whole lot of people who are organising um, as radical feminists on their um, sex work exclusionary and trans um, trans exclusionary platforms. It doesn't seem like the the cleverest tactic to have an open event and all of the people who are invited to that um, now have their identities exposed. I always prefer my bigots to be open bigots. So yeah, they're being open about it. Yeah. Be, be openly hateful so we know who you are. Um, I can encourage that in future. Um, <laughs> be an honest bigot. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we've got some honest bigots um, and we'll see how far they get with their honesty. Okay, we're crossing um, the corner of Latrobe Street and Russell Street, marching towards uh, Trades Hall. Uh, there's signs raining, um, porn is rape on tape. Um, we're standing in front of RMIT where Sheila Jeffries uh, is giving a speech tonight targeting sex workers. Everybody here is happy. What was that? Do you got a thumbs up? From the ovary woman. Oh, you got a thumbs up. Maybe she thought it was ironic. It's an ironic side. Trans women are women. Uh, yeah, I guess that must be ironic. She was like, how else can you take that? <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. Is there anything you want to say about being in the march today? Um, I found it very interesting that we haven't, like, they mentioned trans women once, uh, like, off, off hands at the start in the speeches, and then it wasn't mentioned, like, anything involving trans women, especially the fucking trans women of colour getting murdered. There's, like, that's huge. It's that early in the year, and there's been, what, seven or eight now? Like, in America, that's absolutely <laughs> fucked. I'm really disappointed in that. I'm disappointed that there's no regulation of... Um, even, like, they, they could have, like, mentioned how problematic it is to have stuff talking about ovaries and talking about you know like I thought it was really gross yeah. I think a lot of the signs are really gross I think being here is gross I'm a fucking troll so I enjoy it because I was here alone at the start and you know I'm like happy to be here but I'm just really yeah I'm really shitty about it yeah what what signs in particular are... there was one sign that said um, trans activism is misogyny Okay, yeah. <laughs> message right which there. Which is, that yeah. was like, yeah, that was a, something that was said. Uh, there was one that was just bleeding ovaries, which I didn't like. Like, it's just, don't equate it to being a woman. That's exactly what misogynists do, is equate women to their genitalia. So, like, don't be like that. I yeah. just think it's ridiculous, you know? You look at the this, this statistics, trans women have it so much harder, like... And we don't, we're just, we're on your side. I'm just really angry about that. Um, there was also one that said something about bleeding as well as in like I'm a woman because I bleed. I don't know. I was just like, I bleed when bottles get thrown at my head, you know? Yeah. Does that count? I think do so. You get, do you get do you get bottles thrown at <laughs> your head once a month? Yeah. <laughs> about that, I work, yeah. work full time, so yeah. Public You're regular. Transport. Yeah, I'm a regular. Yeah. I'm a regular bleeder. It's yeah. great. <laughs> I think that's all I've got to say. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> It's a little misunderstanding going on here uh, between a certain protester and the police. Talk, Nick. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk. Um, do you want to tell me about what you've been um, doing during the rally? Yeah, I was um, holding one side of the banner that said "Transphobia Kills," um, and the whole rally we tried to, the whole march we tried to march with it up the front. Um, yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah. And uh, you had a bit of difficulty um, staying in place with the banner? What was going on there? Yeah, um, some of the banners from other, other groups um, were coming in front of us. That happened about four or five times. Um, so there was a little bit of jostling at the front for attention. Um, and some of the banners at the front were duplicates as well, but ours was like the only one about trans stuff and it kept getting pushed to the side 
um, and so we had to walk on the footpath or walk up the, the edge of the road um, and that sort of came into conflict with what the police were trying to do because they were trying to keep as much traffic flowing as possible which they like to do even though it's quite a dangerous thing to do and they should just shut down the entire road um, so they were trying to push back against us and because the transphobia kills banner was the one that was on the edge the whole time we ended up getting pushed by police the whole march um, which was annoying, but nothing, nothing terrible happens. But it's very hard to enjoy or celebrate International Women's Day if you're constantly being pushed by police and told that you don't belong at the front of this march, or you shouldn't be marching in the road at all, and there's cars coming through, and who cares, and go home, and yeah. Um, and there was also a number of other uh, banners that were, uh, some of which were at the front, um, which, yeah seem to be playing a bit on um, gender essentialism um, and reinforcing the gender binary. Um, do you have anything to say about that? Um, yeah, I think it really just demonstrates um, an ignorance about feminism and about how patriarchy functions to marginalise people and about what gender is and how gender works um, and how we're all conditioned under this Western... Um, colonial binary gender system. Um, so the analysis is very um, off. <laughs> um, and yeah, it doesn't make people, because not all women have uteruses or certain types of genitalia, um, and that makes it, makes people, you know, some women feel like they can't participate in the International Women's Day March, which is a real shame. Um, yeah, so I think there, it's just ignorance. Um, because they don't have to think about these sorts of things because they're not marginalised in those ways, perhaps. Yeah. Was there anything else you noticed about the, um, the turnout today? Um, yeah, it was very white. Um, there weren't many trans people. There weren't many sex workers. There weren't many women of colour. Um, I think I saw one trans woman of colour and maybe there was more than one, but um, this is International Women's Day in Melbourne 2017, um, and I saw for half a second one trans woman of colour. Um, yeah, it was unfortunate to see half the first half of the march, there was no chance about sex work or trans people. Um, so I went up to the truck and... Um, got them to let me do some chants through the megaphone system on the back of that truck, which was good. Um, and then the second half of the march, they they did a bunch of trans and sex work chants, which was really good to see. Cool. Yeah, and there was also a bunch of people in the march that were trans-exclusionary radical feminists and sex work-exclusionary radical feminists, and they organised to come to International Women's Day. And it was just really unfortunate that um, it was all the trans people and all the sex workers predominantly who had to um, push back against their, the messages that they were bringing to the rally, which, which is trans-exclusionary and sex work-exclusionary. Um, and it's just unfortunate that trans people and sex workers always... The work always falls to us to do that sort of work when people come to rallies um, specifically attacking our existence or the work that we do. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, no, um, thanks very much 3CR for being at the march and um, yeah, let's destroy this colonial binary gender system and patriarchy and capitalism and racism. Woo.
here with Elizabeth after the end of the International Women's Day rally. How did you find the rally today? Oh, yeah, it was very, um, I thought it was um, very, a lot of energy and it was really positive. Like, I think that um, obviously um, there was um, the, a contingent of um, trans, uh, transphobe, um, trans, trans misogynist um, radical feminists and um, sex worker raising radical feminists. But beyond that, I think, think the general mood of the rally was positive and there was a lot of support for trans women um, and sex workers in participating in, in the rally. And I think that's a really positive sign. Um, for the developments in feminism in Melbourne. Could you tell us more about how that has changed in terms of you seeing as this rally is something of progress in, in terms of previous rallies? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I must admit, I, I wasn't. I didn't wasn't able to participate in last year's rally for very much. So I, I think that there's uh, definitely been support from within the organising collective for the involvement of trans women. I, I was part of the, the collective this year and was. Um, welcome um, uh, within the collective but I think that um, in the past I think that if there had been a uh, the sort of intervention that was attempted today that there would have been a lot more support for them um, and whereas and, and hesitancy from at least at best hesitancy from a, from a collective but I think there was a quite strong uh, rejection of that um, uh, uh, that, that sort of um, transphobic um, politics yeah so what are the, the key issues that bring you to a rally on International Women's Day in this rally? So what are the key, the key issues? issues? Oh, well, there's a lot, very long list of demands around a range of issues, um, touching on, I think, a range, uh, many women, both in Australia and, um, and internationally. Um, I think I'm, it's very... It's a very long list. I would be here for a couple of minutes reading out, out the list. But, yeah. um, but th there was a, f a focus on ensuring, on raising demands affecting trans women um, and, in, and raising demands around um, that affecting um, sex, work, um, sex workers. So particularly around um, uh, for, sex, uh, for trans women around addressing issues of um, the continued uh, medical gate, um, gatekeeping around trans women's lives and addressing issues around gender recognition, which continues to... Um, impact on the ability of trans women to live their lives as they want to um, without co coercion from the state um, and similarly around sex workers a real emphasis on the importance of sex workers right to, um, to, uh, to, to, to work and to not have the interference of the state and to the need to combat um, anti-sex worker stigma and, um, and discrimination Do you have anything on how feminism can be like less sort of cis and like cis feminism and less like not even having sex workers in feminism. Where, do, how do we like intervene in this like terrain? Well, I think that there's a lot of um, support out there for the inclusion of, uh, of trans women and the recognition of trans women as women and the recognition of sex work as, uh, as work, but there's still a long struggle to, um, to, to be made because of the, um, the hangovers of the second wave. Um, um, and, the, and I think the biggest thing is that of lifting feminist, broader feminist consciousness. I think part of the problem is, is that a lot of people who are engaged in feminism, it's at a fairly shallow um, level um, and often looking at their own experiences mm -hmm. and so I think that um, profile, lifting a profile of trans women and, and sex workers and their experiences um, is really important for people to understand their experiences as women um, and about um, how um, attempts to marginalise sex, uh, sex workers and marginalise um, uh, trans women isn't just bad for, for trans women and sex workers, it's bad for all women because it's, it, it's generally reinforcing really misogynist attitudes towards women. Yeah. Do you have anything to comment on in terms of the rallies kind of focus on equality rather than liberation? <laughs> um, uh, I think that... Um, um, the you know the question of how you articulate things is very much um, if you look at the demands of the rally that it goes beyond equality but I think that for a lot of people equality is a easy default position um, but they, but they at the same time don't rec necessarily recognise that the, the limits of that default position um, and the fact that there is some contradiction between saying we want equality when 
uh, quality is not necessarily going to. I mean, the, we've seen the problems of just getting um, getting for more quality that it leaves people behind. Um, um, that's the whole history of feminism is achieving achieving equality in certain ways for certain sections of women, um, and that um, but that then leaving other people uh, um, behind. So I think it's an ongoing discussion about about that. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. We just heard some sounds um, from the International Women's Day March last Wednesday. Uh, that was the 8th of March. Um, we did some recording on the ground um, and we managed to catch Jane Green, uh, who's from Vixen, Victoria's only um, peer-only sex worker organisation. Um, we also spoke to Lana Fay, uh, Nick Carson and Lisbeth Letham, who we've got in the studio with us today. Um, and we just had some community announcements for you now. We jail black males in Australia nationally at a rate five times greater than apartheid South Africa jailed black males in 1993. The suicide and self-harm rates are the highest in the world and the life expectancy gap is the biggest in the first world. You know, Australians don't like hearing the truth about how bad things are, but the more we resolve from it, the longer this is going to continue. Black fella, white fella, it doesn't matter. What you colour? Mainstream media is not interested in this stuff. It doesn't find space to talk truthfully and deeply about issues that affect all Australians. The only place predominantly you will find that with any real depth is on community radio, and 3CR has been one of the great leaders in that. So if people are wondering where they should spend their hard-earned cash, I would suggest 3CR is a bloody good place to start. What your name is, we've got the hand. Lots of changes, we need more brothers. Hello listeners, you're listening to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your AM dial, streaming, li- streaming live at www.3cr.org.au, and on digital radio. So, Regan and I are joined with Elizabeth in the studio, and we just heard that recording of International Women's Day, which brings back all those memories of that day a few years ago. <laughs> How did we find listening to that? I remember doing the recording and feeling really quite anxious and uncomfortable um, being at the rally. Um, as I was doing the recordings, I was kind of trying to get myself in the middle of things so I could um, capture what was going on um, in case there was a bit more, uh, what could we say, hand-to-hand conflict. Um, I did actually end up uh, missing the um, the instance of um, a whole lot of banners going up when Jane Green was speaking, um, which you um, you caught in the uh, interview that I did with her. Um, yeah, there were a number of um, kind of uh, sex worker exclusionary banners that were targeted at that particular time. Um, yeah, particularly targeting Jane. I think the other thing um, that was important to mention um, was that there was probably a large contingent of um, of radical feminists who went from the march onto a talk that Sheila Jeffries was doing at um, RMIT. Um, and for those that don't know, Sheila Jeffries has a, a long history of, um, of having incredibly transphobic views um, and uh, opposing the rights of sex workers. Um, I think that was at 6.30. So, the, yeah, there was a number of people that peeled off the rally, um, which kind of made for a bit more of a welcoming environment knowing that uh, there wasn't a really large present um, of people um, who deny my existence. Mm. Yeah, it was, the, it was the first International Women's Day rally I kind of had attended as a trans femme person and yeah, I guess it was kind of hard, difficult to attend in some sense and I kind of felt quite anxious about going and everything. And then the whole environment with the confrontation, confrontational nature of um, a contingent of turfs and swerfs leading up to it, of course, yeah, added to that. Um, yeah, and I think in some ways the statement in practice shows there's a long way to go in terms of people's consciousness around sex, work, and trans issues um, because like, the statement didn't change the fact that I was at the rally and... Whenever, like, a, a chant was changed from hey-ho, sexism, 
has got to go to like hey ho transphobia has got to go it was automatically overrided to sexism it was like no one wants to like chant the trans chant and that was quite disappointing um yeah and i guess yeah then it just didn't really translate to like like the sort of people who attended the rally it didn't in some ways i don't know Mm. yeah i think it it seemed um, from my perspective that there was a lot of effort from the organisers going into um, making a um, an environment where trans women and um, sex workers would feel safe and included, um, and the list of demands shows that, and the the statement that went out um, just before the march shows that. Um, but obviously, they aren't responsible for the behaviour of the large number of people who attend, and also. Um, what what that group kind of does collectively, and when that group collectively is um, is shouting over you <laughs> when you're doing doing a like anti um, transphobia chant, um, yeah, I think I think that kind of speaks volumes um, as to the um, the state of feminism at this time, um, or at least the people who um, show up waving waving the flag of feminism in mm. Melbourne. Yeah. Lisbeth, I know that you um, were marshalling on the day, but also in, as an organizer, how did you um, how did you find it personally? Um, well, I got there later than I meant to because I had issues with public transport. So before, by the time I got there, I actually didn't <laughs> want to be there at all. Um, so, um, uh, but I mean, it, it wasn't as bad as I as I feared it was going to be. Um, like the the the, the turf and swerf contingent as obnoxious as they were, um, I think felt isolated at a certain um, extent, um, which is positive. Um, Ideally, I think that um, there needed to be more work done prior. Obviously, there was a statement that went out. I wrote the statement. Um, People seemed to be happy with the statement. Um, It was put together reasonably quickly. Um, um, It got support from the collective, so that's a positive thing. But ideally, there needed to be a stronger statement earlier. Um, And I think that that's a lesson for future um, organising collectives that... Um, if you want to be inclusive um, of um, trans women and sex workers, that you need to make sure it's very clear that that's the case, um, both to them, but also very clear to other forces that um, that um, transphobia and homophobia aren't going to be welcome um, at the rally. Um, um, I mean, that might have meant that the TERFs would have been more organised than they were, um, but I think that it would have made it clearer, and it also would have helped in terms of making sure that the general um, uh, other participants who were participating in the rally were clear. And I think that um, my understanding is that there was at least a, a couple of occasions where either sex workers or trans women tried to um, confront um, the, the the rad femme contingent and had other people not really being very clear about what was going on, sort of just seeing it as people being antagonistic to another group of people without seeing the context and I think that that's that, that that's an issue um, I ideally we would have had more marshals than we had and so if we'd have had more marshals I would have looked at trying to have ways in which to uh, block um, as much as possible the the, the, the the turf placards from the so the, they wouldn't be being as visible from the stage um, I think that it's really quite important as an organising collective that you provide um, an environment for your speakers that are that they feel is, is welcoming and I think it's very hard to feel welcoming when you've got people who um, think you shouldn't exist um, uh, in, uh, in, in in the crowd mm-hmm. yeah I'm wondering if if anyone has some comments on this sort of biological essentialism that was in parts of the crowd around what constitutes a woman um Regan? Yeah, I was thinking about this um, a lot after the rally in terms of um, the framing of International Women's Day as a day for women, not necessarily a feminist march, but a women's march, um, and the extent to which um, the issues that are faced by people who have uteruses is a women's issue will be claimed under the banner of a women's issue, um, whether it's a feminist issue, whether there's a difference between those um, and I know Elizabeth had some thoughts on this, on this too. Um, yeah, oh, I think that um, 
the I mean, biological essentialism is such a um, an easy go to ex- ex- explainer uh, of of things, but I think I. Mean, the interesting thing about it is that so much of the biological essentialism is essentially um, inversion of lots of the earlier ways of feminism's arguments about women being more than their biology, um, and that um, um, and so it's it's quite ironic at times when you have uh, inversion of that in order to try and uh, yeah that that women's uh, futures are actually their biology, which is weird. Um, I I think in terms of um, the if you're going to talk about feminism as a as a as a as a uh, struggle for people for 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 women as a political movement for women, I think that um, obviously a lot of women um, issues around um, childbirth um, is an important issue, but there's lots of women that that's not the case and control fertility. Um, and so it's really important that you have a situation whereby you can talk about issues which affect um, groups of women as an issue that is a, a thing for for feminism to deal with and an issue that's affecting women. But you need to be very clear that um, these are not universal um, experiences. I mean, there's always been the history of the the, the and the the question about how abortion's been dealt with by feminism um, because of the fact that what, that abortion is an important issue for a lot of women. Um, in other in in lots of marginalised communities, um, control of fertility, I mean that is ability to carry ch- um, children to birth is really important, and particularly where there's been forced sterilisation as a um, as a um, as a as a tactic by the state to control, um, particularly women of colour. That um, focus on um, on abortion has historically been quite alienating, and so it's um, it really should be a discussion around. Um, Issues of reproductive reproductive rights um, in general, which I think I was saying earlier that um, if you if you expand it to reproductive rights, then you know that brings in a whole range of a broader range of of women um, than if you're just simply talking about access to abortion. Mm. I think significantly when it's about uh, understanding um, the way that the conservatives attack reproductive rights. It is so often on the basis of women not being able to control their bodies, mm. and that takes takes in abortion and forced sterilisation um, and to a certain extent it also includes um, the ability of trans people to have access to um, gender affirming surgeries yeah I think there's definitely an element about the extent to which I mean, the state's the uh, vision and the, and the rights vision of the role of women is to have children mm. um, and so that anything that threatens that um, it comes into attack. So, abortion, you know, stopping them from people from being able to have abortions um, is an, is a important act. But also, um, homosexuality is a big threat to that because it's sex without the intent to, of of reproduction. Um, 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 and the idea of um, trans women or trans men uh, retaining their um, reproductive um, capacities. Is a threat because it it, 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 it it confronts the idea about what it is to be a woman and what it is to be a man, um, and the extent to which those those two um, categories of people are um, are linked intimate, intimately to particular roles in reproduction. Um, and so I think that, um, like it, you know, uh, re- reproductive rights in general, uh, but. Um, but particularly if you're talking about um, trans men and women's reproductive rights, um, are fundamentally um, challenging to the, the 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 idea about about how reproduction works and about um, gender roles and all those sorts of different things. So, um, uh, but and and it's very helpful, I think, for that broader discussion about people's rights to be to for to be including discussions around that because and you can see in the media when. Trans men have have babies, um, or trans women um, help to um, parent a child. That the right completely flips out. Um, at that because it just um, it just so fundamentally challenges their their understandings of the world. Um, unfortunately, it does flip out a whole section of the of uh, of people who you think we're supposed to be a bit more progressive than that as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course, we also have uh, really big issues in Australia around um, 
women with disabilities um, being forcibly sterilised. Um, and it was also interesting that uh, I didn't see yeah, and anything really on um, sterilisation um, at International Women's Day. Um, perhaps there was uh, some kind of implicit messaging there, but um, it's, not, it's not really been seen as a significant um, issue to, to uh, unify um, the women's movement around. Yeah, I, I think there may have been some stuff in the, the demands. It was a long list, so I can't remember off the top of my head. But there were there's some, there were some broader issues around the inclusion of um, of people with disabilities at this year's um, um, uh, march. The march was very long, um, and it started at a, at a very um, inaccessible location. Parliament currently is not accessible at all because the elevators aren't working in the station. Um, so the I, I know there was a number of um, uh, dis- disabled uh, um, activists who were not able to attend um, and then others had to leave because the march was just too long um, and so I think that that's a real issue in terms of inclusivity that um, that, you know, that th- th- there's a range of issues that need to be worked on in terms of making sure that the the, the, the march is doing what it's, it, it, it's purportedly trying to do. Mm. I was thinking about this um, this morning in relation to the demonisation of keyboard warriors um, and that we have such a large proportion of activist activities where actually, which are actually completely inaccessible mm. um, for people who might have limited energy or limited mobility um, and that to, to kind of turn that back on people and, and tell people that um, they're doing lazy activism because they're doing the activism which is actually accessible to them, I think is really <laughs> quite quite offensive and hypocritical. Yeah, I think it's also like a lot of people who make those criticisms do exactly what they criticise anyway, and so it, it's just it's 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 what you know it's okay when they do it, but when other people do it, it's somehow not 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 as um, valid. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think one issue that I um, I was thinking about in the lead up um, was um, woman as an identity, and obviously this is something that um, is such a significant part of the discourse um, in um, yeah in trans discourse and queer discourse. Um, and for me, I identify politically as a trans woman because my experience. Um, just kind of mirrors so many experiences that I hear um, trans women face, um, especially trans women in kind of a similar um, demographic to me. Um, I, I experience the world as a trans woman, whether I identify with woman or not, um, and that though I actually feel myself to be non-binary, um, the, the claim to womanhood um, is in part related to um, experiencing misogyny and trans misogyny, um, and that it it kind of then yeah confronts these issues of how we need to have a feminism which is addressing the the misogyny and the trans misogyny and and at certain points in time that can exist quite separately from people's um, felt identity um, and people's um, yeah people's experience. Um, did you have anything to say on that, Iris? Because I know this was um, something we were talking about before the rally also. Yeah, I suppose I went into the rally and I, and I suppose, yeah, in, in a rally that I don't think has, like, a consciousness outside of, like, men and women or women and men, it's, I don't think there's, like, space to talk about non-binary stuff and the rally, so I kind of simplified myself into, like, the trans woman sort of Roll and it's like half of us at the rally, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I was thinking about that as well. What does that mean? I don't know. Yeah, and interesting for me was thinking about like who is being centered because, in, in my opinion, it's quite inappropriate to center non-binary people at the expense of women. It's a women's um, it's a women's day, um, but that it doesn't necessarily have to happen at the expense of women. That that in inclusion can look um yeah can look in so many different ways um but it is interesting the the way that i kind of assumed that to include non-binary people in something like women's day would be uh diluting the cause because i think that's kind of what the um the dominant um dominant view in society is that um 
that the inclusion would take away somehow from um, issues which need to remain women's issues. Um, and I think that seems to be particularly strong and is the defensive position um, that we find um, trans-exclusionary radical feminists um, position themselves as the, the defenders of woman, women, um, kind of solidifying an identity um, and um, building a bit of a fortress around the, um, the identity that they've, that they've created, solidifying that and then um, defending it to the, to the bitter end. Hmm. Uh, it's interesting because I think that, I mean, obviously, there's so much stuff that's changed in the discourse. So the terrain used to be about who's a woman. And whereas now the radical feminists seem to have abandoned that as their argument, so they don't—they almost hostile to the concept of being of being a woman because it's it's tied then to gender and the whole. And so the, and they've got their own their particular project for um, for abolishing gender. Um, and so it then becomes a question about who's a female. Um, um, and so yes, yeah, so it becomes this real essentialized thing about. Um, weird arguments about biology which don't really relate much to actual biology um, other than maybe you know fairly early high school level biology um, but I think in terms of yeah the whole idea about who can be included and excluded like I, I don't see um, IWD as a, an event that would exclude um, non-binary people who feel like they, who, who feel it was a day that they want to attend like if they identify at some level with with being female, being a woman, then that should be welcome. But it then becomes a question about what demands are you concretely talking about? And I think that um, there's lots of stuff around um, trans women, which are specifically the trans women, and to um, and, and potentially to um, um, femme um, non-binary people. But lots of stuff which just affects people, anyone who's perceived as a, as a woman um, um, and read as a woman. It's going to impact on them. Um, and so, I think. I mean, and if we you know, are combating things like misogyny, combating things like street harassment, and things like that, then that, that 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 impacts on lots of people. I mean, I must admit that most of the harassment I get every day on the street is mainly homophobic in character. I get read as a queer guy, um, and so I get homophobic abuse mainly. I occasionally get weird stuff, which is not homophobic but it's weird um but and so it becomes a thing about it's and so there's that whole complexity between a person's individual self-identity and how they feel about themselves versus how the world um, sees them um but um uh um and they all and they're all and there's so many different types of oppression which are then interlinked and interwoven in ways which are hard to unpick um but um the I think that um, the 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 key thing is about building the awareness about um, and, and, and inclusivity um, of 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 people um, and um, whether or not feminism is specifically about uh, what what at what point does the the boundaries of its concern specifically break down? Like if you're building solidarities and building um, alliances, then um, uh, feminism should be standing up for um, uh, against racism, um, irrespective of of the people's gender, like like that's uh, uh, people should be doing that. They should be standing up against against war, irrespective of who specifically is being um, um, is being directly impacted by that. So I think that um, that's it's having that yeah a broader um, understandings of solidarity. I think and that's purely a thing about um, you know. Um, you know, solidarity is based on purely being on, on, on being a woman. I'm a woman, and you're a woman. Yeah, um, a bit of a kind of reflex to like this is the enemy, and um, we're together combating this um, this shared enemy. And I think once we start to unpick that, it just becomes um, really kind of unclear what we're working with. We were listening to Armour Ar Sir. That uh, track is called Space. It's from her EP Rebecca, which you can find on Bandcamp if you look up A-H-M-E-R-A-H-S-U. You're listening to 3CR Radio. Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual. Knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? 
Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. This is Natalie from Blue King Brown, and you're listening to 3CR. Support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Hello, everyone again. Yes, you're listening to Premier 3CR Community Radio, and subs- subscribe and donate to us because we rely, we rely on your support. Um... It was just subscriber drive recently, and yeah, most of 3CR's funding comes from our listeners, so if you have any money, it'll be really appreciated, and you can help keep 3CR going. Um, another thing I was thinking about in terms of the rally, and it follows a comment that one of the interviewees made in terms of the differing experiences of women based on social location and where they are in the world. And one of the interviewees made a comment about the large proportion of murders of trans women of colour. Um, and, and I was thinking about the rally in terms of how an expansive list of demands, but in what sense were they visible at the rally? Um, and who was like left out of the rally um, as well? Does anyone have anything to comment about those things? Yeah, I think in, in terms of the um, the presence of um, of people there, of the chance, I, f- I think it kind of does fall a bit to the lowest common denominator feminism. Um, what I would what I would call it, and that's not surprising. I think that's the um, the feminism that has the greatest exposure. Um, I think it's the feminism that's most kind of amenable. Um, within a political climate which is relatively conservative um and i I think there there is a difficulty with um that inclusion in a lot of instances where it is just uh tokenistic that we should be talking about someone just so that we talk about them um and i think the um the issue really is what action is being taken um what work is being done um and yeah in, interesting in in this um to what degree are we going to um going to focus on uh what is outside our own experiences because obviously that is so important um everyone has certain privileges um and everyone experiences certain everyone experiences certain oppressions maybe not everyone experiences certain oppressions um but you know, there are things outside of our experiences which are really important to um, to not just acknowledge but actually work on. Um, with something like International Women's Day, there are so many things which could be discussed. There are so many things um, which um, which could have really overshadowed, uh, for example, um, equal pay, um, which is a really significant kind of rallying call for um, within liberal feminism. Um, or, or double pay, as I heard um, a lot of people chanting. Um, <laughs> I think that was a bit tongue-in-cheek. They, they just want twice the cash. But, but that's kind of – it is the logic of um, a, a capitalist uh, – um, feminism which is beholden to capitalism is that as women we just want twice as much money. Yeah. I, I think that, I mean, the equal pay stuff is interesting because of the I – mean, it's got its origins within the labour movement. Um, it's a long um, – but part of the reasons why it's so um, it's continued to linger as an issue is the fact that it's the um, this is thing I think about a lot actually in terms of the the, the, the structures of capitalism like, which reinforce and, re, and re, reproduce um, inequalities in pay. Um, the part of the problem is is that mostly when people talk about um, uh, the pay gap, they're talking about two averages: the average for all men 
an average for all women based on ordinary hours, um, earning hours. But then there's so many different um, intersections, which means that those that you actually, you know, if you talk about women of colour, they all tend to earn a lot less than white women, and then and men of colour will earn things. There's stuff in the US where they do the the comparisons between different um, racial groups because of the US census is quite weird because of the way in which they 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 lump people into categories but they well, they can extract that and they show um the the very different discrepancies that exist between groups but i think that going back to the question of um people being able to talk about themselves is that well, i think there's been a growth of awareness at least on like on online feminism and things like that around the, the concept of intersection intersectionality but it's much easier to talk about being intersectional than actually be intersectional because it's so it's very hard to think about other people's experiences um, that are different from yours and to be aware of your privileges. That's partly why privilege works, is that it's very hard to know I've got these things that other people don't have and you just take them for granted. Um, and so I think that it's very easy for people to not to think that they're not being... they're not reflecting their privilege, but they're actually do, to be doing that. Um, um, and so even when you get things where people are sincerely trying to do the right thing can just do it very badly because of the fact that they just don't actually um, have that experience of the thing that they're talking about. So um, I don't think it's easy. I don't know if there's any um, any, any easy solutions. I, I think partly it's about the voice issue centre as well. Mm. I, I think about this also in terms of... Um intentionality it's like you can have the best intentions of the in the world um and still be really um reinforcing oppressive dynamics um and being completely um, oblivious to your privileges and in many ways i'd kind of um expect that um on a personal level level i kind of expect that i'm completely unaware of my privileges and that, that i will be doing a whole bunch of things um that that are quite problematic and probably quite harmful to the people around me um and rather than kind of seeing ourselves as um, as people that are somehow above and beyond that, um, seeing that we we have um, all been so deeply affected by the society that we live in, that we take on um, so much of the um, of the character of that society, um, and yes, we work hard to kind of um, dismantle those structures. Um, yeah, but there's there's still always more to be done. I think we're running to the end of the show right now and it's time to time to go out. Thanks for listening to Queer in the Air this week. You can listen in next week as well from 3 to 4. Up next we have Hip Sister Hop. So I hope you enjoyed listening today and we'll see you soon another time. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.